Well, great to be with you again. And it's great for you to have me, right? Well, come on. Let's have a bit more excitement. Thank you, Pastor Paul, for inviting me to share again this morning. Thank you, worship team. Great job. Thank you, Pastor sally for the communion. And thank you, JJ, for your hard work on the PowerPoint. There was a mother and baby camel together talking, and they were having a lovely bonding time. And baby asked mother, Mother, why have we got such great feet? And she smiles, replies, Well, son, it's because God, our creator, has designed our feet specifically to help us. With our huge feet, we can walk across the desert with a very firm stride on the loose sand. Baby responds, Oh, Baby asks, Mother, why have we got such long legs? Mother, well, son, it's because God, our creator, has designed our legs specifically to help us to cross the desert at speed. We can travel faster across the sand than any other animal. She replies with pride. And baby responds, oh. Later he asks, Mother, why have we huge humps on our backs? It just seems to keep flopping about uncomfortably. Mother smilingly replies, Well, son, it's because God, our creator, has designed our bodies to help us survive in the desert. With our huge humps, we can drink and take on so much water that we can travel in the heat of the desert without needing to drink for many kilometers. Baby responds, Oh, Later he asks, Mother, why are our knees so hard and knobbly? Mother smilingly replies, Well, son, it's because God, our creator, has designed our hard and knobbly knees for us to kneel down in the sand as we help our travelers climb on our backs to ride as they want to cross the desert. Baby responds, Oh. Later he asks, Mother, why are our eyelashes so long? They keep getting in my eyes. Mother, welling up with tears of pride, replies, Well, son, it's because God, our creator, has designed our bodies so exactly. He has provided us with those long eyelashes to keep the sand and rain from penetrating into our eyes during the high winds and sandstorms of the desert. Baby responds, Oh. Later he says, Mother, let me get this straight. God has specifically created us with large feet to cross the desert, long legs so we can race across the desert with ease, huge humps to hold lots of water to help us survive in the heat of the desert, hard, knobbly knees for us to kneel in the sand as we help our travelers climb to ride on our backs when they travel across the desert, and long eyelashes to protect our eyes from the wind and sand in the desert, And mother glowingly replies, yes, that's right, dear. Baby exclaims, then what on earth are we doing in this zoo? (laughs) The moral of the story is we need to know what our creator created us to do and to make sure we do it. The two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day... You understood why. 
This morning I want to share with you a talk that I've never heard in any church before. So listen up, get your notebooks and pens out and your Bibles, and we'll have a fantastic journey. We're going to look at the sixth-fold ministry of the Holy Spirit. And for those of you who are into your numerology, remember that God created the entire universe in six days. And then he rested because it was complete. And the Holy Spirit's role will be complete when we are in heaven. The first thing I want to do is just dispel a few misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit. For many years, he was ignored. In fact, I love the story of the Sunday school teacher who was in front of her class and she said, put up your hands if you believe in God. And all the young people put up their hands. She said, how many of you believe in Jesus? And about two-thirds put up their hands. And she said, how many of you believe in the Holy Spirit? And then nothing moved. And then a little boy put up his hands and said, please miss, the one who believed in the Holy Spirit isn't here today. I was asked to speak at a Christian union of the University of London many years ago on the subject of the Trinity. And I know it's a complicated subject, and I was trying to find a picture that would be useful. And I felt the Lord gave me the picture of a tricycle. Hands up those who rode a tricycle when you were young, you know, <laughs> and really got nowhere. Well, I had this picture of a tricycle with three equal-sized wheels. Actually, when we were young, my brothers, I have two brothers who are older than me. We went from the tricycle to the bicycle. And then we thought it would be fun to get back on a tricycle and see what happened. And naturally, we went up on two wheels, which was extremely exhilarating, but highly dangerous. And we ended up in the prickly hedge. The moral of the story is you have to have all three wheels on the ground to be balanced. And it's the same with the Trinity. What we find is that a lot of churches concentrate on God and Jesus and completely forget the Holy Spirit. And others concentrate on Jesus and the Holy Spirit and forget God the Father. And if we're going to be a balanced church, we need to be balanced in all three areas as we go forward. Actually, I wrote a book shortly after called God For, because God is on the earth today in his church. And he's using us to bring in the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit has been misunderstood because people have called him an it. He is actually a person. And he feels and thinks as any person does. And the other problem was that in the old days we used to call him the ghost. And it was Holy Ghost. There are ghosts right here. Thank you. And it was a sort of supernatural evil. Whereas God, the Holy Spirit, is supernaturally good. And the Holy Spirit has been resisted. The story is told of a man who'd been in the church for 45 years. He'd been in the same church. And someone came up to him and said, oh, you must have seen a lot of changes in the years you were in church. He said, yes, I did, and I resisted every one. My wife used to play the piano, and with another lady were worship leaders and they she played the piano and the girl played the organ and they used to practice on the Thursday night prior to Sunday morning and this particular night he was visited by an old person in the church and he remarked that the modern songs the lyrics were terrible and of course Catherine came home quite depressed 
And I said, what did he say? She said, the lyrics are terrible. I said, what were you practicing? She said, we were practicing the songs of scripture and song. I hadn't realized they were from New Zealand, but of course we were in England. But did you hear the words? Scripture and song. And I don't think God was very impressed, you, when the man said he thought the lyrics were rubbish. <laughs> we need to be very careful when we criticize because the, the Holy Spirit does. He comes to change things. In Genesis chapter 1, you remember, he brought order out of chaos. He does bring new things. But the main thing we need to remember is his name is the paraclete. He's the parakletos. And the Greek word there means that if you, in the ancient days, if there was a small ship that got into trouble and set out a mayday, a big ship would come alongside and they would strap the two together until the parakletos had taken the small ship into the safety of its haven and destination. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do with us. He wants to come alongside us and take us to our destiny. So let's have a look at his role. <clears throat> the first thing we want to notice is that the Holy Spirit's first role, if you like, is to draw us to God. How does he draw us? And who does he draw? Well, he draws disobedient people, those rejecting God and his love. In Jeremiah 31 verse 3, we read this. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. And that's what God does. He draws each one of us with love. And it's the Holy Spirit who lets us understand the love of God, that this morning God is smiling and drawing you to him. He also draws his rebellious people, those who are selfish and independent. You know the story from Luke chapter 15. The youngest son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the young son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. Verse 17 says, when he came to his senses, that was the Holy Spirit drawing him. He said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father. That's the Holy Spirit drawing and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. And he was drawn so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. You see, as you take one step towards God, he comes running towards us. And it's the Holy Spirit drawing us to make that one step. And God comes rushing towards us. How does he draw us? He draws us obviously with love and compassion and conviction and through revelation. Jesus said in John 16, He, the Holy Spirit, will give glory to me, Jesus, by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. It's the Holy Spirit that makes Jesus attractive to us. 
and it's also through the cross. John 12, 32, Jesus said, when I am lifted up, I will draw all people to me. And he draws us through patience. He is very patient with each one of us. As God draws us, there's amazing patience. As Peter reminds us, when he's talking about Jesus' return, he says this, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you. He's not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God longs for everyone to repent and accept Christ's sacrifice for them. The Holy Spirit also draws us through his witnesses. In 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 20, Paul says this, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So as you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit uses you to reach out to other people as part of the work of the Holy Spirit, drawing them to God. So the Holy Spirit draws us. The second thing that the Holy Spirit does is he shows us our need of a saviour. In John 16, verse 8, we read, When he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because people do not believe in him. Paul says in Romans 3, 23, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And in verse six, uh, chapter 6, verse 23, he says, The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. One of the problems with New Zealand is we have this she'll be right reaching through our culture. Everything will be right in the end. God is God. Everybody will get to heaven. And the answer is no, it won't be right. And the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and tells us that we have a need of a savior. Because we're all under God's sentence of wrath. Eternal separation from God for eternity. Because we know that we've done wrong. But there is good news. 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And not only are we forgiven, but we are adopted into God's family. The Sunday school teacher asked her class, were you born a Christian? And the little lad shouted out, no, born, we were born normal. <laughs> there was a boy being mocked at school. He was an adopted boy. And he got fed up with it. In the end, he shouted back, your parents got stuck with you. My parents chose me. And there was another school class. They were talking about families and there was this picture of a family, and in the family there was someone who was obviously completely different, but still part of the family. And someone remarked, oh, it looks as though they were adopted. And a little girl said, I know all about adoption. I was adopted. 
Another one said, so what does it mean to be adopted? The little girl replied, it means you grow in your mummy's heart instead of in her tummy. Paul says in Ephesians 1, in love, he, God, predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his good pleasure and will. So he draws us to God, he shows us our need of a saviour and once we've become Christians, he assures us that we are children of God now. One of the tragedies for me over all the years of being a Christian leader is how many Christians don't know that they are children of God right now. John 1, yet to all who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, For you did not receive a spirit of fear that makes you a slave, but you received a spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. That means Daddy, the most intimate, wonderful relationship you can have. And the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Do you feel like a child of God this morning? Do you get that warmth as you suddenly think, I am a child of God? The fourth thing the Holy Spirit does is that when we are children of God, not only does he assure us, but he gives us dynamic gifts in order to bring in the kingdom of God on earth. <clears throat> the first gift, Acts 1 chapter 8, is the power to witness. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If you find it hard being a witness, can I give you some good advice? You are a witness whether you like it or not. It's not a question of whether you will be a witness. The question is, what sort of witness are you? Because if you find it hard to witness, there is something wrong. Because the Holy Spirit is in the children of God and they have the power to witness. Hello? We should have power. It should come naturally. Because the Holy Spirit is in us and it's the Holy Spirit's work to witness. And then he gives dynamic gifts to all. In Acts 2, 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, communion and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. That should be us. You and I should be out there doing signs and wonders in Kaitai, in your neighborhood, in your workplaces. We should be bringing in the kingdom of God. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says this. Now about spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, 
and he gives them to each one as he determines. Can I give you some good news? When you became a Christian, you were not absent when God gave out the gifts. Each one of you has gifts from God. And your job is to find out what they are and then use them to bring in the kingdom, to change communities, to change this nation for Jesus. He also gives ministries to build up and mature the church. Ephesians 4, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This isn't just for pastors and bishops and youth leaders and whatever. This is for everybody. Our job is to train you. I used to say to a church I was involved with, my job is not to do the work. My job is to train you to do the work. And you're all rushing out the front door right now. Our job is to build, you should be mature in Christ, amen? You should be bringing in the kingdom just where you are. You should have that maturity and confidence in God that you can shake the world. Gifts are not up for our benefit. They are for the benefit of others. Peter says, each one of you should use whatever gift they have received to serve others. So it's not for me to say, oh, I'm, I'm a bishop, what are you? Or, oh, I'm only, I'm only someone who serves. That's all I do. No, we're serving one another. We each need each other. I need you more than you need me. Thank you. Amen. We all have gifts, and together we can shake a nation. Fifthly, he makes us more and more like Jesus. Some people look like they're dogs. We are not supposed to look like dogs. We are supposed to look like Jesus. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. In other words, we should become more and more like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3, 17, Paul says, we're all being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit's job is, to make you and me more like Jesus. Not to have long hair, but to have beautiful eyes, eyes of compassion. But what is Jesus' character like? Paul gives us a clue in Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And as I read those, I want you to think, isn't that Jesus? And every time you read it, isn't that Jesus? The fruit of the Spirit starts with love. <clears throat> joy is love rejoicing. 
Peace is love at rest. Patience is love waiting. Kindness is love interacting. Goodness is love initiating. Faithfulness is love keeping its word. Gentleness is love empathizing. Self-control is love resisting temptation. Always see Jesus and always want others to see Jesus in you. In 2 Corinthians 2, Paul says this, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To one, we are the smell of death, the stench of death. To the other, the fragrance of life. And as you read that, it looks as though there's two categories, but I think there are four. And I want to explain it like this, because those who are sold out for Jesus are the smell of death to those who are perpetrating wickedness, deviation, deception, abuses, and drug dependency but also to compromising Christians. Those who have one foot on the boat and one on the jetty. There comes a time when you have to make up your mind. This always hurts me when I do this. But it hurts when we compromise. And God says, I don't want you as a Sunday-only Christian. And when you meet Christians who are sold out for Jesus, they have a smell of death around them. And God says, make up your mind. But we are the fragrance of life to other devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. They love to be around us. But there are others as well. And those are the people that are caught in addiction. Those who are in abusive situations. The lonely, the desperate those longing to be loved and set free. When we go there, they smell life. Amen. And lastly, the Holy Spirit's role is to guarantee our eternal home in heaven. In Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, it says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked with him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. 2 Corinthians 5. Now we know that if this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. The best is yet to come. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose, and has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Amen! You're very quiet this morning. I had expected a few hallelujahs. Listen, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit is in you, and he is guaranteeing that you will go to heaven, that you will be with Jesus forever and ever and ever. So where are you this morning? He draws us to God. Are you being drawn to God? He shows us our need of a saviour. 
Have you seen your need of a saviour? He assures us that we are children of God. Do you need reassurance that you are definitely a child of God? He gives us dynamic gifts in order to bring in the kingdom of God on earth. Do you need to be filled with the Spirit in order to use the dynamic gifts? He makes us more and more like Jesus. Are you longing to be more and more like Jesus? He guarantees our eternal home in heaven. Do you need reassurance that you're on your way to heaven? Would you please stand? I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you in different categories. I want to pray for you if you were being drawn this morning. And if you found that you have a need for a saviour. If that's you, will you put up your hand? Because God has drawn you here this morning. I want to encourage each one of you to know this. You may not know why you're here today, but I can tell you why you're here today. Because God knew you were going to be here this morning, whether you before you were even born. And it's the Holy Spirit, He draw you here this morning. And if you're feeling drawn and if you're feeling that you have a need for a saviour, would you please put up your hand? Because we'd like you to come forward. We'd love to pray for you. Don't miss this opportunity. God's drawn you here by His Holy Spirit. And He's saying, come. If you put your hand up this morning, come. Come forward. Because God is calling you. Don't be afraid. It's your turn to come. God wants you to have a whole new era in your life, to know what it is to be forgiven and set free. We're going to pray together, and we'll all say the prayer together so that no one feels embarrassed. Just hold out your hands and say after me, Dear Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for all the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me to pay the penalty of my sin. Thank you that your blood sets me free and washes me clean. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you said that for the first time this morning, welcome to the family of God. And someone's going to come and give you some literature and just take you away to be with you. Thank you. I want to pray for those that need assurance that you're a child of God and you're on your way to heaven so that you know with absolute certainty. I just encourage you, just hold out your hands. I'm going to pray for you. Father, thank you that by your Holy Spirit, you're convincing us today, confirming that we are children of God, that as we go from this place, we can have more authority and more joy because we know that we are your children and that you will be with us forever and never leave us alone. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for those who want to be more like Jesus. Isn't that all of us? 
Hold out your hand. Just look and see Jesus. See love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Father, thank you for the beauty of Jesus. Lord, we long to be more and more like him. We honor you and we give you permission to change us and conform us to the image of Jesus. Amen.